0: Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Happy 4th of July to you all when this will be finding you. The goal today is to bring you guys a a former episode, an episode that we've done already, um, the last week or so, this guy has been in the sports media landscape pretty consistently. Jalen Brunson is somebody we got to talk to about a year ago on the podcast, and he earned the opportunity this year through the conversation that you guys are about to listen to. You see his attitude, his work ethic, his commitment to excellence. And, and as a result of that, he was, he was much sought after in this process uh, of NBA free agency and signed a four year, $104 million contract with the New York Knicks this past Thursday, I believe. And, and we just thought it was a really great opportunity to, to bring this back to your attention as he speaks to all the things that helped him get to this place to have the year he just had had a huge playoffs and kind of a look inside at what excellence this high level performance really looks like. And the thing we wanted to highlight here is, yeah, he's had this opportunity and he's been given this chance to, to earn a a career doing something that he loves, but you can tell why because he's passionate about it because he's committed to doing it the right way. And then, you know, we get to have these conversations because we got connected through somebody through a mutual friend. And so I've actually left the whole intro in because John and I talk about uh, how we got connected and who connected us and, and then kind of some, some more of his background. And so so I left all that in, if you've listened before, if you haven't listened, you're going to gain stuff in this. I think the thing that I've learned through these hundred plus episodes is there's always something else that you can connect with in each one of these episodes. And um, Jalen obviously is somebody that we can learn from. And, and so come with an open mind, open ears and, and understand that he's done it at a super high level for for a pretty long time and just got rewarded for it so um uh, hope you guys enjoy happy fourth enjoy your holiday we will see you on the other side
1: welcome back to another episode of the eyes up mindset podcast i'm john shirky here with my friend my co-host jamie wagner as always good to see you jamie
0: you as well my friend how's life
1: pretty good pretty good um kind of been all over a little bit. I, you know, I was in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. was helping a friend in Colorado. Shout out to Tom, uh, Tom Lucky, who's been on the pod. Although I was actually talking to him and I was like, Hey, it's been a while. People are still asking about your thousand mile bike ride. And he's like, yeah, nah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm like, it's been a year, Jamie, yeah. since he was on. I know he's it's been on twice.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. And And the, the message that we've been able to bring via a lot of other people, right? Not, it's not our stuff all the time. We just get to distill it, to translate it, to make it simpler to chew on, I think in some ways. And sometimes I probably fail at that. I make it more complex to chew on every now and again. Uh, (laughs) For those of you that know me, that's, it's a real problem. Um, but the message that has been brought by our guests throughout the last year plus has been just consistently powerful and, and has the potential, it has changed my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know it has the potential to change others. If we do the work, if we put in the time and the effort to, to listen and hear what these people have to say. And, and in some ways that's the message that we got to have today, talking to somebody who's doing it at a real high level.
1: Well, and the other thing is stay connected and be connected with people, right? The reason that we got to have this conversation today with Jalen Brunson, who is a two-time national champion, national player of the year, and is a professional basketball player for the Dallas Mavericks. The reason we got to have this conversation is because of connection. Yeah, We had a football coach in college who also coached him playing basketball when he was in high school, which again, I tell him in the interview, it's like, I would never imagine that we were connected in this way, and how cool is it that because you stay connected and we stay connected, we're able to grow and get better together.
0: A shout out Swanee because here's Swanee's heart, right? And this is the truth, right? Absolutely. Swanee is connected deeply across our country, across age group, across unbelievable distances and time frames because he coaches us and still coaches at Bethel University in St. Paul in the fall. He takes time out of his life in St. Paul. He's from Chicago, lives in Chicago, teaches in Chicago, right? The rest of the year, but he pours his heart into people for connection and then has this capacity to connect people from crazy different walks of life, crazy different situations and says, connect each other and learn and grow from each other. And that's what great coaches, that's what great leaders do is they put other people together that are going to learn and grow. And so, Swanee, I know that Jalen is grateful for you. We are grateful for you. Um, You know, it doesn't mean to be a Paul Swan love fest, but he deserves it and he's earned it over an unbelievable career.
1: But he's got to be one of maybe a handful of coaches ever that does that thing. Right. And not all coaches dedicate time away from their families and they give up stuff and they do amazing things, but he's got a cool story. And maybe, you know, Swan, if you're listening and and if you want to be on the podcast, you let us know, which brings me to another point. This is total aside, Jamie, but you know, we get a lot of guests because of the guests and the people that we know, right. If you are out there listening right now and you know of somebody that you're like, man, I just want to hear their story. Or I think they have a really cool story that contributes to what we're doing because this is a relatively small, tight community that we have. But that's a way that you can share, right? If it's your story and you want to be on, cool. Let's talk about it. If, or if you know somebody, let's talk about that too. So reach out to us, is at gmail.com. Our phone numbers are on our website. Um, hopefully you know how to get a hold of us by now. But sorry, just an aside there, Jamie.
0: No, it's it's good, man, because Jalen's story is powerful, right? It, yeah. And it's it's not powerful in this there's a ton of tragedy or these things that that some we connect with a meaningful, powerful story. The the power is in the consistency, right? Mm -hmm. And that's true for all of us. When we get consistent performance is because we've done consistent things and his consistency in terms of work and effort is incredible. His results speak for themselves and and we're better for having listened
1: and had this conversation. And you will be better too. Jalen Brunson, here we go. The cool thing about this conversation for me, I've been looking forward to this is how small a world we live in. We got connected because we have something in common that I would have never thought I would share with you, but we played for a coach in our past. That's in common coach, Paul Swan, you know, connected us. And, uh, I want to get into that, but first of all, welcome to the podcast.
2: I appreciate you guys for having me. Appreciate that. And yeah, Swan is uh... So is a great guy. So, I mean, whenever he asks me to do something, I just, I feel obligated. So uh, that's my man. I'll do anything for him.
0: Isn't that amazing how a coach can have such a dramatic influence on your life that when they call, you just pick up the phone, you stop whatever you're doing and you say, yes, sir, absolutely, whatever you want. And I think that like, we have a lot of coaches and athletes that are listening, potentially f- future coaches, leaders. Mm-hmm. Like when you can have that kind of impact on a young person like don't take it for granted because it's incredibly powerful and he obviously has that impact on us also because his heart is so huge right like it's just an amazing gift he gives so yeah so i was
1: so i was asking him hey we're gonna have jalen on he's super excited i'm like what what are your best stories what what should i ask him from from you so i don't know you know this is take this wherever you want but this is what he gave me he's like first of all ask him how I greeted him when he came off the floor which I got oh man it wasn't that often, oh. But-
2: <laughs> man it was it was like something it was like a running joke like with like my family now but like even when we play like even when we were playing I, whenever someone like came off the court and like I, someone like we actually talked about it I kind of brought the story up with somebody he's like oh he's a football coach I'm like alright like, he hits the guys like in the pads like hits them pretty hard so whatever so as I'm walking up the court like, yeah good job Jay or whatever whatever. like he just slap me in the back and just like man it, it was like it was handprints man like, it, that's how hard it felt like he slapped me every time I came off the court and then he would, he didn't think anything of it he was like oh good job I'm just like hmm because yeah, so, he,
1: he he was just so pumped up, or what? He didn't know how hard he was hitting you.
2: Man, he was he. I don't know. It, it just he slapped me in the back every every like every time. I had to brace myself for it. Like and he didn't like. I don't think he really understood it. Like he just he's like you just encouraging and all of a sudden just all just, I don't know. I don't awesome. know.
1: All right, so so at least I had some context for that question. This next one. All he said was, "Ask him about fire truck." Which, again, no idea what that means. But uh, I, uh, to your response, it sounds like you do have some idea what that means.
2: Yeah, um, I, I guess you can say it was. It really starts. Swana used to get on me about it. My mom used to get on me about it. So as it kind of started to grow up, like I kind of obviously get more mature, I start using you know words that you know. High schooler, be screaming across the court, you know? And so, all, all the time in practice, like if we would mess up or something, I would just scream word. I would just scream. Like, I was just like, and then he would just yell, fire truck. Like, and, and like, he wouldn't yell, he would just say it. But he would be on the other side of the court, and I can just hear him. I'm just like, just looking at I mean, like, for me being upset to like actually putting a smile on my face and that fast, it would just be hilarious. And I was like, it's, yeah, he would. It's swamped. Every time I cursed or something, he would say something, but it was always fire truck, is what he used to say. And then, um, and then I guess my mom's kind of started catching on. So, like when I would talk, like she could hear, she could always hear me on the court. Always. She could be wherever she is in the stand. She could always hear me on the court. And she would, I would just hear Jay, like a snarling Jay. And I would just know that's my mom saying, stop, just stop.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's crazy. The, the impact that something like that can do to redirect us mentally. Right. You know, you talk about you're in this frustrated place and he gives you this gift again to say, no, nah, that's not who we are as men. You know, I think that's his intention of doing it. Mm-hmm. And your mom's saying the same thing, like you're better than that, right. You're better than, than going to that place. And as an athlete, that's an incredible thing to be able to reframe and to look at the situation differently that kind of leads me to a question that I've been curious about whenever we talk to elite athletes or athletes at this highest level is how does that process mentally change going from being the guy right at the you're the you know high school player of the year a couple times in Illinois you're the player of the year in the country at Villanova where you win a couple national titles and now you're you know in the professional ranks where you're not a starter, but an elite level kind of bench scorer. What does that process change at each level that you grow? That ability to deal with frustration, that ability to prepare the right way mentally. How does, how has that changed for you over the course of your maturation as a player?
2: Yeah, it's, I think the biggest part of all of that. So every step of the way, was like, an, I had to adapt. So every step was different. Eventually, I got to that point where I was like the leader, and I was eventually able to win a bunch of things individually. But it kind of started with my mindset of always just being like team focused, like whatever, as long as we win, the individual stuff is going to come no matter what. So that was always kind of my focus. That's how I was raised, and that's how I've always thought. So, going back to how I was raised, um, I moved. My dad playing the NBA and then coaching in a collegiate level and then a professional level, uh, I, was, I, had to, I just moved. Like I was moving from place to place all the time. So I kind of was able to learn how to adapt in that area and just from life. So adapting in different life situations. So whenever I got to like different teams, different situations, different things like that, it always just kind of made it easier. Because, like, well, if I can adapt to going to a new school, making new friends, finding a new team, do all the stuff. Adapting on the course is going to be easy, but I never thought about that. But I kind of always realized that whenever I moved, it was something new. And so whenever I got to a new team, got to a new situation, the coach, whatever, it was something new. So how am I going to adapt? How am I going to be, how am I going to be able to be effective and as little as a role or as big as a role I can get? So it's always about just how am I going to fit in? Not necessarily how are you guys going to change to me, but how am I going to change to you? Like that, that was my mindset.
1: So is there anything specific that you did? I mean, obviously when you're, you're younger and you're moving around, you kind of get thrust into that and it's like, okay, figure it out. Is there anything specific, you know, obviously as you've matured and gone to different environments, teams, whatever, is there anything specifically that you do to adapt yourself or to ingrain yourself into that culture or that environment?
2: Anything I do specifically? Or does no. it just come
1: naturally because you,
2: you know, have done it and... I would say it kind of comes naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the biggest thing that never changed was how hard I worked wherever I went. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that's the only thing that didn't adapt. Like my work ethic stayed the same or got got better. Yeah. Um, I always just worked hard no matter where I was. Always just found ways to make sure that my mind, my body my, everything was on the same platform. Everything was on the same playing field. And so my confidence came from my work ethic. So whenever I was in the game, like my, I just knew how hard it worked whenever and all that stuff. And so um, that never changed. So I guess that kind of made it easier because I knew how hard I worked. And I knew people, I mean, at, the, at this stage, a lot of guys work hard. A lot of, like this, A lot of guys work hard or they're just really gifted. So I knew that the younger I was, um, the kids I was playing against weren't as working as hard as me. There's, there's no question about it. And if they were, um, more power to them. But my, to my knowledge, there was no one working as hard as me. So that's where I got my confidence from, and that's where I still had to get it from. I just, I just try to outwork.
0: So you've been around guys like Dirk, right? Jason Kidd's your coach now. Like you play with Luca, who's an MVP candidate kind of perennially right now. Like what are what have you learned from those guys? Cause like you say, some just incredibly gifted, but you don't mm-hmm. get to the level that they've been able that sustained performance, right? That sustained consistent performance without kind of combining those two realities. So, you know, you've been around these elite elite best in the world type performers. What have you taken from, from their process or, you know, even getting a chew on their ear a little bit and ask them some questions.
2: Um, I think with Dirk, uh, me being there, his, um, his final year, I never really got to sit down and ask him a bunch of questions, but I just, I observed him from afar. So, so him being in his 21st year, Um, getting back from ankle surgery or he had ankle, something. It was something with his ankle or his foot. And seeing the competitive fire that he had, seeing the the determination to get back, to be able to do what he could do, um, even if it wasn't at the level that he used to be able to play at, his drive is just insane. And so I got to see that from afar. And watching that, kind of seeing that, kind of just showed me, like, even at the great ones, like, even when they know, like, they they, they may not be what they once were. Like, they still have that drive, that competitive fire. Like, he was 41 at the time, however old he was. Like, that's just insane. And so I think what I took for him was just always just being a competitor, always work hard, and do it until you can't walk anymore. Or do it until something just doesn't feel right. But to watch him do it and then get over that and just continue to work hard, it kind of just – Wants me to do this for as long as I can, and then when it, going to Luca, um, just seeing how gifted and talented he is at such a young age, um, seeing what he was, what he's able to do on the court, and that is just unreal. So, yeah. things I take from him are just like how he plays with his pace, um, how he just like thinks the game, and um, I'm always trying to just learn from even guys around the league. Like I, I, I love watching guys play around the league and see how they are and how I can take their game and put it into mine. How can I grow my game? So um, Luca is definitely one of those people players.
0: So that brings me to another question. Cause I'm, I am a, a perennial student tonight and, and I think that that's what it sounds like you're talking about. I would imagine the lifestyle that you have devoting everything of your life to being the best possible basketball player you can be like watching a basketball game on a Thursday night when you have an off night doesn't sound like the most exciting thing in the world. Is that something you're still doing? Or are you still just because you're like, I got to learn, I got to grow, I got to get better from these guys. I just want to be surrounded by the game or do you get away? Do you step away? How does that work in season, out of season? Are you just like all in all the time or, or what's that process like for you?
2: Um, I'm all in all the time, but there's definitely some times where you need to. You know, you need yeah. to get away. I think last year was kind of – it was different because we couldn't really do a lot, obviously, with the rules that are set in place and all that thing, all that stuff. So I did catch myself watching basketball on off nights, um, if we had off nights. Like, it felt like every other day was a game. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I find ways to get away. I find ways to get away. Um, I picked up golf recently. And so um, I've been doing a lot of that but uh, during the season, I mean, I, do, I don't I do do as much, um, but um, I, I just, I know, I know when my, I know when my mind needs to be locked in, and I know my mind needs to break, you know, but for me, like, my routine is always, I will at practice, shoot, whatever, night before a game, I always go back in, if we're home, for sure, I always go back into the, The gym at night and shoot before game. So even if I'm not watching it, I know I have to go back and do something to make sure my mind's right. So if I don't play it or shoot, I watch it. You just there's always there's something there's always something going on.
1: So Jalen, I think that's really important. What you just said is I know when my mind needs a break. I know when I got to get away from it for for a little bit. I think, you know, our podcast is about getting better every day and it's about our mental performance and how that impacts everything around us. And so I'm curious for people out there listening, like, how do you know, is it a physical representation? Is it the thoughts that are going through your head? Is it your, how do you know when, and then is there anything specific that you do? I mean, you said golf and I got to get away, but is there anything else specifically that you do to kind of reset that mindset and reset mentally? Um,
2: yeah, like, when I said, like, I know when I need to get away, um, it's kind of more of, like, a feeling. Like, I just, I can't really say, like, sure. I can't look ahead and be like, hey, this day, I'm not doing nothing. Like, I'm not doing nothing. Like, there's days where we have, we have off days, and I I make sure that they lock the door. Like, I'm, I'm going to go in and do something, like, and so, um, it's I, I can't really put like, my finger on it to, to know when I need the off day. I just kind of know when it gets there, I'm like, ha ah, I need a I need like a breather. I need like a breather. But then there's days where that does happen, but I know like it's not the time for that. It's not the time to sit back and relax. Like you need to keep pushing forward. So it's it's um also with that being said, I have a good support system around me. And you know, I have a, a father who breathe live did, who did this and so yeah. um i always ask him um, we always talk about things and uh, he knows when i need rest he knows when i need to like he'll lay like he'll lay off me sometimes like he always talks to me Like he always talks about what, what i can do better what i should be doing um to help the team what, what i'm doing to help me individually to be in the best mindset mind place i can be um so um it's all about who's around me. And um, if I keep that good supporting cast around me, like they know when I need it and they know when I should keep pushing and they tell me. So that,
0: that brings me to, to a secondary thought. You've had amazing coaches. I mean, obviously your dad's been a part of that process, but you go from Stevenson to Villanova where you're with Jay Wright, right? And then you get to go to the Mavs where you have Coach Carlisle and now you're with Jason Kidd. And it's like, what has their influence been kind of at each stage what has what have they done not only to support you mentally physically emotionally all that stuff but how has that those various interactions along the way shaped you as a player what are they doing like I said we had a lot of coaches leaders potentially listen what are some things that you've stolen that you might be able to give away from from their influence
1: or, Jaylen, or before, sorry, before you, I don't mean to interrupt, or before, leave some room for if there's assistance along the way, because those are the high profile. Yeah. I'm sure those yeah. guys are incredible, right? But if you want to talk about somebody else, feel free to jump in on anybody else and what they're doing.
2: Yeah. I think um, every coach has um, left their mark. Um, I, going back to middle school, I still talk to my middle school coach, I talk to Coach Ambrose, talk to Swanee. Um, my nova people i always talk to them all the time um and coaches now obviously i still talk to Um, it's really uh before all that it started with my dad and the only reason why i say that is because my dad pushed me to the brink like pushed me pushed me pushed me screamed yelled did all that pushed me and so with that being said i kind of understood that like once I figured out what my dad was being a dad versus him being a coach, it kind of made it a lot easier for me to separate the two. So when it came to coaches yelling, screaming at me, you um, know, um, I was able to like, just remove the yelling part, but to, to kind of get the message. And so when I got that, and then all the my teammates, especially like in high school and college, kind of saw me taking the bulk of you know the screaming and yelling at most points they kind of saw like well like if coach is yelling at the leader the captain of this team and he's able to you know take that message and move forward and perform better like like that's because that's what our captain's doing our leader's doing and we have we have no other choice but to do it it's kind of like watching the last dance everyone saw how michael treated Everybody like how he like yelled, screamed, and did all that stuff. It was kind of hard nose, but he was able to. He never told people to do something that he wasn't going to do himself. And so, with that being said, I just think that with my dad doing that, it made the relationships with every coach I had so much easier. Every coach, assistants, head coaches, all that. Um, and so every coach left the mark. Every coach has always pushed me or found ways to push me by not just being the best player but being the best leader be the best communicator being the best vocal guy and um even this to this day it's a lot harder in nba because the nba is just full of a bunch of amazing players who all have a a, all have something to say everybody has something to say and so when it comes to that it just you have to find ways to talk to people and um and on each stage of my career i've kind of learned how i could You know talk to the audience talk to whoever i'm talking to some guys can yell that some guys can't get yelled at some guys you gotta bring to the side but you gotta do this and this and this yada 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 and then they take criticism that way better not being embarrassed in front of everybody and so um i kind of learned that through the coaches and the different teams i've been on like i kind of got to see the different types of guys around So each coach has kind of helped me with that like who I'm talking to and how I can talk to them. It's so interesting
0: because you've been a part of really successful teams. Like, you know, you're, you're competing for state championships in high school. You're compete for national championships at the collegiate level. It, you've been in the playoffs with the Mavs. Like how does that success like, how did you get there at each level? Cause I would imagine it was different, right? It wasn't the same process at each place. How does, how does that change or how did that shape the, like the culture of excellence that you've been around for so long? Like it just seeps in eventually, right? I mean, I would, I would assume like, there's just a set of expectations. Like this is how we do it here. This is how we do it here. This is how we do it here.
2: What's different from, from place to place potentially. Um, the culture has been the same. Um, each culture has its own identity but this it's been the same I guess kind of mindset um, in high school high school and college are very similar um, different identity the same kind of mindset um, I think it's, it's it's hard it's hard to like not let that stuff like kind of like consume you and so I, I really not try to think about you know, the past successes and everything sure. I've been able to do, because it's, that's not going to help you. That's not going to help you going forward. Um, if your only reasoning is, oh, I used to do this back in my Nova days and it's just, it's not good enough. It like, doesn't matter anymore. Right? It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. It's like what you could do, which, what can you bring to the table now? And so that's why I, with all my, my stuff, like the trophies, the rings, and all that stuff, everything I've had, none of that is with me. Yeah. None of that is here. It's all my parents' house. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to look at it until I'm completely retired. I don't want nothing to do with it because it's, it's only going to hold me back. And um, I, I kind of learned that from um, Coach Wright. I kind of I, I learned that because when we won, that first one – And then we were able to, um, you know, still be successful, but we didn't win the next year. I kind of understood it, and I was like, "Well, no one cares if we won it two years ago. Like, what can we do now?" And then after we won that, I was like, "All right, I did that. What's next?" Now that now it's the NBA thing, and so um, I've always been able just to have short term memory when it comes to being with success. I try every time.
1: Well, and hopefully short-term with failure too, right? Is, hey, I screw it up. I made a mistake, whatever. I got to move on because it's, what What am I going to bring now? Um, not only with, with success, but failure. I want to go back to the coach thing just briefly, but you said something I think that's really important that is a skill that your dad sound, sounds like your dad kind of gave you was separating the roles of coach and dad and also what was being said and how it was being said and the message that that coach was trying to convey. Right. And I think a lot of kids and and we work with coaches and athletes on the individual level and the team level. And it's, there's a lot of kids, a lot of athletes that don't understand that there's a difference between, you know, how it's being said and what my coach actually feels about me. Right. We Mm -hmm. tend to internalize, Oh, my coach is getting on me. Oh, that must mean X, Y, and Z. I'm bad. I'm, I'm terrible, you know, whatever. And then that impacts my performance. Instead of saying, "No, he's getting on because he cares," and just because he said it that way, doesn't mean that he cares about me any less, right? right. Um, yeah, I
2: think the point of concern is when your coach isn't saying anything to you. That should right. be your point of concern. Um, when he's when he or she is yelling and screaming at you, um, they they just see better. They see what you can do. They see the potential. That you could bring to the table and so they're just trying to bring it out of you they're trying to light a fire under you to know to see what you can do and so yep. uh, like i said all di- all people take criticism differently yeah and so um i just when it comes to like different uh differentiating from my like, coach or the personal versus the the coach side of it um, It's it's tough, but I think the biggest key for all that is just like what like you, the player or whoever, what do they want? Do does the coach want them to be great more than they do? Like how good do you want to be? And so, I mean, if that's if you want to be the best you can be, if you want to be the greatest you can be, then that shouldn't be a problem. Right. But when you start to when you start to feel like the coach is getting on me, this is like unfair. Like he's just pushing me way too hard. Then you got to just ask yourself a question: like, hey, like, what do what do I want? What do I want? Yeah, um, and then that answer could be fairly easy. Yeah.
1: The other thing you said was you've learned to communicate differently to different players or different, you know, your teammates along the way, and some people need, you know a kick in the butt and some people need more, a loving approach, whatever. I think as coaches, we need to understand that too, that everybody's different and we have to learn and adapt to their needs. Um, So speaking of that, I know we've, we've been kind of going back and forth trying to find a time to have this conversation because one of the things that you've been doing sounds like you're doing a little coaching yourself. You had some camps. And so you were doing some stuff. Have you seen that play out in your camps where you're working with kids? Like you've had to adapt. I mean, obviously you do with your teammates. So you probably did, but
2: Tell yeah, us about like your so, camps
1: and what what you've been doing.
2: Yeah, so um, I've been uh, i run a couple of camps every summer. Um, you got you, you got to um, first assess like the level of what they can do, and so um, kids at a higher level could be taught a little more, could be pushed a little more. Uh, kids at a low level, we kind of just like slow down a little bit. And there's nothing like everyone's path is different. Like it's I've never I kind of always preset my camps like. Don't be discouraged because you see someone who is younger than you. They may be better at something than you than you are now. Like don't be discouraged when you see you know, a girl over here who's they did, like doing things that a guy can't do at all. Like don't be discouraged when you see things like that. Like I've always preached to them like how I kind of came up through high school at their age. Like I wasn't like, I was shorter i was not athletic enough not fast enough not all that stuff but the only thing that i had over all those kids is how hard I worked and um and that didn't that wasn't easy as well like that wasn't like something that was a given that like, i had to like work into that mindset of working hard and so um and then all the kids were like oh yeah like well like like when we had like a Q session A session, like one guy one person he asked me, it was the greatest question I've got. It was this, it was past, this past week. He asked me the greatest question. I'll, I will remember it. I will remember it. But um, I think one of like, the lasting points I wanted the kids to take away from the camp was um, always work to be the best you can be in whatever you want to do. It doesn't have to be basketball. It doesn't have to be a sport. It doesn't have to be, it can be anything you want. If you truly want to be the best at it, or you truly want to succeed in it and be happy, then you got to put everything you can into it, right? If not, this like my motiv- my my motivational speech isn't for you. This is how I've learned to grow into what I've wanted to be. It's always put 110% things, 110% into things that I really wanted to do. And that was in school and that was in basketball. And so, um, once I got those things, once I got school and basketball out the way, I was able to do things with my friends. And um, I said, if you guys want to be able to do what you want to do, you got to sacrifice something. And my best friends sacrificed my time with me then. So now we can hang out now and do whatever we want. Yeah. And those best friends that sacrificed then at their age are still my best friends today.
0: So you talk about these sacrifices. Are there any that are hard for you? Like still to this day, are there places where you struggle with that 110% thing where it's like, I, I want to give 96 today, right? What how do, you, how do you work through that number? What are those places? And then how do you work to still meet your identity is found and I'm going to give this effort. I'm going to give greatness whenever I can. Mm-hmm. How do you work through that struggle of I'm, I don't feel it today? I don't feel it right now. You alluded to it earlier that that happens still. So what are those places maybe?
2: I think today it's not as bad as it used to be. Like, like I've worked my entire life to get to this point. So yeah. now that I'm here, it's very, it's easy for it just to go to your head and you just lose it. Like, lose everything. Now that you have, now now I'm at the point in my life where I can basically get do do whatever I want. Like, how can I, how can I still love this? And so I still have the same exact love I have for the game when I did when I was two years old and so for me that nothing changed in that aspect I think all the sacrifices that I took were in high like in high school right in college though um, everyone talks about like high school and college supposed to be the times of your life right while everyone's having the time of their lives yeah I, I, I had fun I had fun in high school and college I blame be wrong but it was after the schoolwork was done. It was after I got my work in that day. If those two things didn't happen, I couldn't let myself be social. I couldn't let myself go out and do things with friends or hang out and just like relax. Like I had to make sure I got my work in. And um, even, even after I got my work in, I'm like, hey, I could do things. I'm like, ah, oh, nah, I'm tired. I gotta, I gotta do this all over again tomorrow. Like those are the times I sacrificed. Like I sacrificed more than than I do now. Now it's just like it's what I do. So it's not really sacrificing anything. It's just I'm doing my routine, I'm getting my mind right. And um yeah. if I can fit you in, I can fit you in. If not, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm I got I got things to do.
1: Well Jamie that just reminds me of when we our opening talk with teams is you know one of the the J curve, right? Is the J curve is that the one I'm thinking yeah, of that's, what's exactly. what's what what is hard now becomes easy later and what's easy now becomes hard later right and and you get to choose and and that's exactly what you just said jalen is it was way harder at the beginning when you were sacrificing those social gatherings with your with your friends and and hanging out and doing all the stuff that everybody says makes it the greatest time of your life but now it's easy to to make those easier i, I won't say it's easy but easier to make those sacrifices now because it's part of who you are it's, it's your routine
0: right i love that you said like hey if i got time for you i got time like we'll fit you in and we'll make it work but you also have to understand like this is who i am and this is what i do like i, I will have time sooner or later right and we'll make it work but that's growing up and being an adult no matter what your profession yeah. is you just have this is your profession that people think oh it's the sport he loves it it's all like like go and chase that thing that you love and you want to be a part of. So that the decision is easy when it comes down to, Hey, I'm going to go and have a few drinks with my buddies or I got a game tomorrow. Like I I might go have one. I might go have a glass of wine. I might go have dinner, but I'm not staying out all night because this thing is more important to me. Right. And, and so it makes it easy. Like John said, hard, easy, hard, early, easy, late. You're in that easy, late stage. It doesn't mean it's easy to be great. It's a lot there that you have to do but you've just done it right. for so long it becomes normal
2: right um I also I also think the biggest part um, of all that it's like it's surrounding yourself with great people yeah um, I think my my high school like i said my high school best friends who are still those best friends um we all played in college on scholarship every single one of them we had uh full players baseball players and basketball players and so the reason why I say that, they, they kind of understand the grind too. Like they, like they were doing often doing the things like oh, I got, I got throw. I got yeah got workout out a field workout. Everyone always had something. And so we all understood. And so when this summer, uh, I was actually in town in Chicago doing my like camp at Stevenson. But on the weekend, my boys are, were, we we're all staying in the city and they're like, yo, let's, let's do brunch. So like noon or whatever. I'm like, Guys, I got to go all the way to the suburbs. I got to lift and shoot before anything. I got to just have to go. They're all just like, I got got the eye rolling emojis. I got all this. I'm like, bro, like, come on. Like, let's just, it's whatever. It's the summertime. It's off season. Those guys saying all that all ended up waking up early in the morning, coming with me to work out, and then coming to the gym and rebounding for me. So, that 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 tells me everything that I need to know about them. So that's the, besides having a mindset, of, I got to work out, I got to do this. I got to, you got to surround yourself with like the people that you know are going to help you be successful. Yeah, I
0: love it. What a great message. I think that's a great place for us to finish on because I think that's, that is the key, right? I, we had a coach in college that coached with Swanee. He said, if you hang out with pigs, you're going to smell like, right? That's the thing. Like if you hang out with pigs, you're going to smell like, and who, what do you smell like? What are you a part of? Who are you around? Those guys get it. And they say, you know what? We get that you're on this mission to do this thing at a high level for a really long time. We're going to come and support you and we're going to love you for it. And then you love out back on them when you can. And when you have the opportunity to, and they know 15 years from now, when your body can't do it anymore, when you get to the place like Dirk and you say, I'm just done. Um, you're going to, you're going to have time to lavish on them in whatever way you can, whether that's with time or whatever, you know, like, it's all good and choose those people wisely because they will begin to shape who you are and who you become. So uh, we are incredibly grateful that we got to connect with you, Jalen. I think your word is powerful for, for the young people. And for us as adults too. like give yourself to the thing, commit, you know, buy in and, and you can't help but find success. And uh, thanks for, thanks for joining us, man. It's our pleasure.
2: I appreciate you, appreciate you guys for having me. Real, thank you.
1: Thank you, sir. Thanks again to Jalen Brunson for joining us today. Awesome conversation, down to earth, super awesome dude, which I expected nothing less, Jamie. And I think we both walked away with a similar takeaway, but go ahead and you you were just, again, I, we weren't recording. I said, nope, stop. Let's record because it's good. So take it from there. What was, what was kind of your aha moment in there?
0: And, and it's been an aha moment over and over and over again as we've talked To elite performers right and let's let's break it down right there are very few athletes in professional sports leagues there are even fewer that contribute to high level teams jalen brunson six man of the year candidate for the dallas mavericks a year ago right he contributes at a high level to a high level team and the thing that keeps coming back and I think this is our problem as humans is we want there to be some sort of blueprint, right? A map to follow. Take me to success land, right? Take me to elite. And yeah. there is.
1: Or or there's a genetic make. There's, oh no, he's just a better yeah. athlete. He's a better whatever, but, right? But he
0: spoke to it too when he's talking to these kids. I wasn't an elite performer at the high school level physically, right? I didn't have all these tools that, you know, I'm not six eight and just but jump I, out of the gym and these sort of things. Like, I just
1: think, but that's even take it out of the sports world. We say that to ourselves all the time. Yeah. Well, oh, they're a better public speaker. Oh, they communicate better. Oh, they have they know more people, so that's why they are doing. They're on that journey, right? Well, yeah, uh, maybe, but probably not.
0: It's we want the secret, right? We want the secret, and the secret that is that there is no secret. We all have been told, shown and understand intuitively what it takes to get to the highest level. And it's buying in, it's being all in all the time and then when it's not right for you cuz physically, mentally, emotionally you got to step away, step away but don't take too long to come back to it, right? It's put in the work, do the time, create the effort and then as we finish talking about it, it's easy Early and it gets hard late, right? If you, t- you make the easy choices early, it gets hard late, right? This slight edge idea, J curve idea that if you put in effort and time, you're going to see something and eventually it's going to be great growth. If you don't, it's going to be disappointment, right? It's going to be a lack of success. And so the message, right, is you have to do the work. And then he, Touches on the thing that's really valuable at the end. It's like surround yourself with the right people because they're going to allow you and empower you to do the work. And without those two things, there's really no shot. In some ways,
1: I think. I think the other thing that hit me too, Jamie, was that you know we were talking before when we were prepping for the interview is like professional athletes, people that are famous, the people that are out in society. They're they're just people also. Right. Yeah. And when he was talking about the successes, his, his championship rings, the trophies, the medals, the all that stuff. And he's like, I don't, I don't care. There's nothing that it does for me today or moving forward to
0: have, and he said, it just gets in the way it's like, in the way it's a problem. Like-
1: right. And, you know, I think if anybody can say, I'm going to look back and look at the things that I've done and, and Grow, you know, gain. And yes, he gained some confidence from being successful, but he knows that it doesn't have anything to do with the work that he's putting in today. Yeah. Right. Um, It just kind of was a light bulb moment because so often I hear people, you know, and you talk, I mean, we talk to a lot of football guys. It's like, oh, high school football, I was this. I was, you know, I was so good. It was the greatest. Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Throw this. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Right. And we go through life remembering the good times instead of, what am I going to bring today? What am I going to do moving forward? Just an incredible message.
0: And it is, that is the secret is that unless we are present and give the effort today, we don't give ourselves an opportunity tomorrow because when the opportunity comes, we are not ready for it. We are not prepared. We are not capable. We then dismiss it and say, oh, the opportunity never came or I, I wasn't talented enough or this other person was better. But n- the reality is, it's like we just didn't seize that moment, right? We didn't seize that opportunity because we weren't prepared. We didn't give enough effort prior to that
1: moment. And uh, and you weren't focused on your journey, right? Yeah, he also talked yeah. about that where it's like, don't compare yourself to somebody else's journey. You got to do it yourself. Yeah, If you can't do this skill right now, Figure out how to do that skill right now. Don't worry that that girl over there is a better basketball player than you.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, and don't worry that your coach is yelling at you. It's trying to help you. Don't worry that your leader is disappointed in your output, and that that's the message that's coming through through their language or through their body language. Like, hear how they're trying to help you grow. You know, and and sort through that stuff. Um, it's not easy. Right. None of this. Well, no, it's not complicated, right? it's relatively simple.
1: It's just not that easy. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Well, thanks for joining us again, Jalen. Awesome time listeners out there. I know you got better today. And if you didn't, that's on you go back, find the stuff because it's there. And it's like you said, Jamie, it's, it's pretty simple, right? It's just not that easy. So do the work. We appreciate you. And as always, live eyes up.